considered using Facebook ads for your business or are you using them but not getting the ROI you really want? Well, stay tuned as we've got the very expert for you today who'll get you up to speed and help you succeed with Facebook ads. If you're looking for the latest social media updates and news, or you want some handy tips and tools to help your business with digital, well, stay tuned for the Let's Get Social show with myself, Philip Twyford, digital specialist. And me, Emer Duffy, social media consultant and trainer. So let's jump into today's show. Part two, we are joined again by Facebook <laughs> ads experts, legends of TikTok video as well, and multiple videos, is, John yeah. Loomer. And we're going to be diving more into how to get success with your Facebook advertising. And we might even touch on how John sees maybe AI mm-hmm. being of use with your Facebook ad strategy and development. Mm. So stay tuned. Yeah. So hi, Mr. T. Hi, Mr. L. Um, I uh, was wanting to sort of give you some food for thought. Our last show, we were, you know, talking about beverages. So this time I was going to ask you, you know, what's your appetite about superheroes? Yeah, because on daysoftheyear.com where you should, everybody should go and check out. There's usually something trendy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's National Superhero Day. Mm. Wow. Mm. Wow. Hmm. Mine was Wonder Woman, the official, Linda not Carter, the movie L- one. L- Linda Carter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love the way that nobody recognized it was her because all she did was spin. I know. <laughs> it was the glasses. They were massive glasses, so you wouldn't recognize I have them. massive glasses, but yeah. we won't. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that original Wonder Woman, John? Linda oh, yeah, Carter? of course. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm old enough to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was very funny because uh, last year I was in Washington for a day. Um, I was at a conf- convention in Baltimore and yeah. um, my daughter and I were walking around looking at the sites and we sat in this little cafe and we didn't realize. And I was like, going, this building is opposite us. Reminds me of somewhere. <laughs> Something. Yeah. It's the FBI building. <laughs> we were opposite. Oh. And <laughs> that's it what it was. Quick. It, used to, it used to pan <laughs> into it. And I, went, I was yeah. there going, oh, I'm just waiting for Wonder Woman. <laughs> Do you know, so, I must admit, do you know who mine was when I was growing up? Christopher Reeve, Superman. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I loved Christopher Can't beat Reeve him. Superman. That'd be mm. great, you know. I'm so sad what happened, you know. I know, um, I know. So I'm between Superman and Thor. So I used to read all the <laughs> X-Men comics, Thor. But I was disgusted when Hemsworth was playing Thor with a beard. He never had a beard in the comics, you know. I was, you know, I was disgusted about that, but you know, maybe just and the hair, Philip, and the hair. Yeah, I probably was jealous. Oh, you should hair. go check him out. You should Google him, uh, John, and you'll see some mm. photos. Of... Yeah, <laughs> he used to have his look. I was trying to get into Game of Thrones, John. I ah. was, uh, he looked like I, I was I kind of, I had lost the plot. I had long, nice. kind of shoulder length hair, curly. Mm. Yeah, and, and go so, go check them out, John. You you will be. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I, so John, before we start, what what would have been your or who is your favorite superhero? Ah man, I don't know. I think uh, at least you know, as as you're talking about, you know, Wonder Woman from you know, the yeah. the 80s and whatnot. I mean, yeah. Incredible Hulk. You oh, know, yeah. during during that time, yeah. because it was a syndicated TV show, mm. you know, between that and mm. the Christopher Reeve Super Superman. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, that was right in the, the middle of my childhood for sure. Ah, uh, you can't beat those shows. You know, they don't make yeah. them like they used to, you know. Yeah, the original but, uh, Superman theme tune was just, it's very uplifting, isn't it, you know, so. Now that's in my head now for the day, thanks. 
But listen, I, to know, I, if you're back We've got a part, superhero anyway here today. Well, we have John. Well, we do, yeah. We have our Facebook ad superhero, John mm-hmm. Rimmer. Um, there you go, John. You could actually, you know, have like design t shirt line. Mm-hmm. You could be the superhero yeah. to Facebook ads. Yeah. Big J nah. on the front of your chest or something. Yeah. Mm. No, we're not selling it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, not, he's not buying it, Philip. No. Well, listen, anyway, great to have you listening to us here in Dublin South FM. We are joined again by the wonderful John Numer of John Numer Digital, world renowned Facebook ad expert. If you missed our first chat with John, it's on the Let's Get Social podcast on Podbean iTunes and Dublin South FM. So definitely welcome back, John. Looking forward to getting more Facebook ad insights with you today. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me back. And if you want to go see John with us, go check us on, on YouTube and hit the bell, subscribe, and even leave him a comment because he might have an answer to your question that he doesn't mm-hmm. cover today. Absolutely. And if you have any other questions or Show topics you'd like us to maybe consider, inquiries at dublinsouthfm.ie, drops an email. Mm -hmm. We'd love to hear from you. So, So, Philip, we will continue on. We were lingering on a question and John was sort of, he was about to dive off into (laughs) the wonderful world of Facebook ads even more. Yeah. So, John, going back on what we were talking about, don't want to wear you out totally, but what did you want to sort of just kind of further go down the road with there? Because sometimes people are kind of like, oh, what do I do? You know, it's just, it can be fearful for people to go on and do a Facebook ad, you know, like right. we were saying like traffic or awareness or, you know, what you want them to do kind of thing, you know? I think ultimately you just need to keep it simple. I mean, especially mm. if we're looking at low budgets, mm. um, ha- have reasonable expectations of, yeah. of what you can accomplish with a low budget mm. and have a, you know, a very specific goal. You know, what are you trying to do? You can't say, I'm going to put this ad out and hopefully it's going to lead to more people coming to my business and more sales and more leads. And, you know, you have to have a very specific goal of what you're trying to accomplish with it. So then you can measure against it. And I think we often overcomplicate that. So you can't yeah. just have a general, you're not going to hit the mark with something generic. You need to be focused on somebody's pain point in regard to what. They would come to you for as a solution. Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of it, but it's also mm-hmm. in terms of measurement, you know, what is it you're looking to accomplish mm-hmm. uh, so that you can look in your results to determine whether this worked or not. Like, I think, I don't know if you come across this, John, with clients that you work with. It certainly seems to be evidence, not just across Facebook ads, but just social media in general, is that it's almost like we've got stuck into this sort of instant gratification, instant results that there's very little patience and that it's the same with Facebook ads. You know, you have to allow Facebook, obviously with proper targeting and budget considerations and understand what you're trying to achieve. But you still have to give give it time. You can't expect suddenly, well, the ad's been running a week and we haven't got 100,000 worth of sales, you know, um, that there has to be uh, an element of patience and realism. Um, Like from your experience, let's just say, okay, an advertiser, they've, moved off their 50, maybe a month, and they're now maybe spending 500 a thousand, maybe 1500 a month. Are there certain kind of key metrics that you feel that maybe they should start to dial into, whether it be cost per click, other kind of key engagements around their ad types that they should start to kind of monitor and watch and, and maybe kind of test? I suppose one thing I just wanted to ask you as well, but in that question, 
Have you found from testing whether it is good to lump various, say, interest groups all into one or whether to have multiple ad sets around, say, one interest group to see if particular interest groups perform better than than other groups, if that makes sense? Oh, it does. Um, so first of all, in terms of measurement, again, I, th- I think we need to keep it simple for the most part. It's um, what was the goal action we're looking for? Mm-hmm. How, many of, how many of those did we get? How much did I spend? What's my cost per that thing? Because the rea- reality is like all the other metrics maybe contributed to that, but they are somewhat independent in a way as well, because like if, if, for example, you're like, oh, I need to get my cost per click down because that'll get my cost per conversion down. That's mm-hmm. not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. Or I need to get my CPM down, which is the cost just to reach people mm-hmm. because that's why my cost per conversion is so high. First of all, it's really hard to manipulate CPMs. It just is, there's just so many factors that contribute to that. So I think we can get lost worrying about things like, oh, what is my click-through rate? Like, well, once again, just because it's a high rate of click-through doesn't mean when they get to your website, they're going to actually do anything. Um, and that's what's what's most important. So usually, at least. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the first thing is like, especially in the early going, um, I wouldn't get distracted about all these other metrics and just focus on, you know, what your primary goal is and what the cost is to get that thing. Um, because the other things can lead to paralysis by analysis, Mm -hmm. but, um, and then in terms of the interest stuff, I think this is again, an example of like how things used to be and how I really wouldn't even bother with a lot of that or worry too much about that these days. And there's a primary reason for that. So when we talk about interest, I mean, first of all, yes, a bunch of interests have been removed. Um, by the way, if you wanted to, you can still target the John Limber digital interest that still exists. Um, <laughs> but uh, but so many of them have been removed, so it's much less uh, useful. But uh, the other thing is, if you're optimizing for any type of conversion, and I think most people don't even realize this, if you use interests, Facebook automatically turns on uh, the detailed targeting expansion, which is advantage detailed targeting now. So what that means is you you say you want to target these people, Facebook, if they need to, and this is just like a, such a black box. We don't know when they expand. We don't know how much they expand or anything like mm-hmm. that. They will go beyond that audience anyway. So if you start, you know, if you're super concerned about, you know, which people in this audience versus which people in that audience and what's more effective. It's half the time you don't know if the people in your targeted audience were the ones who led to your conversions in the first place because of the way expansion um, works. Mm -hmm. So um, if you use interests, I would absolutely just advocate, yeah, throw a bunch of them in there Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to, feeling like you got to slice and dice this thing because that mm-hmm. slicing and dicing just does, yeah, it's something I used to do. It's just not, it doesn't make sense with the, the way the, the, the system currently works because of expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. in other words, uh, like be specific with certain interests. Don't go for. Not necessarily because, interests. not necessarily because the, the algorithm is going to move beyond it anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it's basically if you use that's 
this, there's an argument here and it's something that I've been experimenting more and more with more and more these days is like, don't use interest at all. Don't use any really? target. Um, and just go 100% broad. If you are optimizing for a conversion of some kind. Okay. So uh, say, for example, um, you are um, a hairdresser. Sorry, Philip, have to bring the hair in. And mm-hmm. you are trying to attract, I don't know, Philip, are you trying to attract some brides? Maybe, you know, it's coming into wedding season. You know, know when you're when you're doing your ad, Philip, you know, what, are yeah. you going to try to attract them to come into the salon or are you going to try to buy your products from the salon? Um, you know, what would you do then, John? Like, you know, yeah. they have interests in getting married, you know, want to look good. Well, you know. so so once once again, there you're a local business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first of all, just being completely broad within the area. Uh, but probably focusing on women mm-hmm. is is the first place to start. Now, if you want to create yeah. an ad that's specific to getting married, I think you got to remember, like as far as I remember, there's still they still have <laughs> those those uh, interesting behaviors for you are going you're engaged and looking to be married in the next you know year or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's so incomplete though too. Um, but you could you could try it so so that you mm-hmm. can create an ad. It's hyper focused with copying created for those people. Mm. Um, but again, I don't I don't know how necessary it is these days. Um, so like if you are a local business um and you are focused on uh catering to brides primarily, mm-hmm. I would I would still say it, while you sh- should experiment always with different okay. approaches and maybe try mother, interest. The, mother the bride in, get the <laughs> You can, yeah, you can try different things. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if ultimately your most effective approach is just going broad. Um, not only because, uh, you know, kind of the way algorithms work and whatnot, but also because that that information is incomplete anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody's, you know, uh, putting that into their Facebook profile. Right. So, the the bottom line I, too. Although is like, I don't know, because a lot of yeah. uh, women out there would be putting up. Oh, you know, and uh, right. hashtag engaged and all that kind of thing, you know, so. True. But also remember, you're going to be reaching people on Instagram as well. Yeah. And that kind of stuff isn't yeah. there. Probably more Instagram based. It could be. Well, so if, when you reach people on Instagram, they might not be active on Facebook, right? True. Um, so. Well, my, my kids think no one is on Facebook, you know? <laughs> but And that's, that's the thing too. It's like, yeah. so what percentage. <laughs> So uh, of your target audience who is likely to indicate that they are engaged, mm. I mean, look, it's largely 30-ish and yeah. down, to, down to 20-ish. Um, a lot of those people are going to be on Instagram. True. Yeah. And yeah. So, so Philip, yeah, do your ads on, on Instagram, right? Yeah, Instagram <laughs> on TikTok. Yeah, indeed. Um, just, a qu- just a question for you, John. Um that we've been asked, and there seems to be a difference mm. of opinion, but we'd be, be interested to get your thoughts on this, John. Um, when someone is in their, essentially the, the ad placement kind of part of, of ads manager, uh, Facebook tends to, and it even has, well, from memory now, it still has the automatic sort of as mm-hmm. recommended, where it literally puts your ad in feeds, you know, in reels, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, do you, from your experience, is there a time and place 
when going automatic is fine or should people kind of go in and manually select I don't want it in display I want it just going on the Facebook feed and I just want it going on Instagram and these locations just your you would be interested to get your thoughts on that so first of all if you're optimizing for any type type of conversion I see really no reason but to go all placements and the reason for that is kind of what we talked about I think the last time it's related to optimization is that the algorithm is constantly trying to find the most conversions it can for you at the lowest cost. And it will adjust based on how those placements are performing. All right. So if, if a placement is completely worthless, it won't even try. So this is something I've, I've found like the example with audience network, if you're optimizing for a link, click landing page view, all of a sudden it'll start pummeling that, placement because that's where you get all the cheap clicks. Yeah. But if you optimize for a conversion, suddenly it doesn't even try because mm-hmm. it knows um, that you're not going to get that quality action. So the people who are going in there and manually selecting placements when optimizing for a conversion, I think, look, I did that back in the day too, but I just don't think it's necessary anymore. Yeah. You're trying to outsmart the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times I think it's important that just because some uh, a placement isn't leading to conversions doesn't mean it's not a, it's not helpful, yeah. right? So, for example, you might have a placement that is running that's cheap, and you're getting lots of impressions, and people may see it, they don't act mm-hmm. on it, and then when they see your ad in newsfeed, then they act on it, mm-hmm. right? So, I think that's important to understand that the algorithm understands. A lot. They know a lot about everybody and what mm-hmm. they're most likely to engage with by placement, by ad type, and everything else. So to restrict the algorithm and say, no, I know what's best, just go newsfeed, mm-hmm. is usually going to make it more expensive for yourself. Um, by removing options, enforcing the algorithm to do this one thing, um, not only are you focused on the most high quality, uh, placement is also the most competitive, but by removing options and forcing the algorithm, it's, it's, the algorithm it's is like, it's, it's, hard, that, it's, harder that, than, it's hands or ties. It, yeah. Hands are tied. If it has any hands, the yeah. algorithm is like, we have to send it here. We have no choice. Yeah. And that's going to make your cost just to reach people there. It's a bit like, you know, at Christmas time and you're invited to all these parties and you go, "Mm, no, I'm not going to go to this one. No, I'm not going to go to that one. And then you should have gone to all of them. Yeah, well, it's really, and really, look, this is one of those things too, to, to monitor, like uh, almost everything I I tell people is like, Mm. this is what I think and what I recommend, but there's no like 100% always do it this way. Right. Mm. So start with all placements, but you should monitor it. So you can actually do breakdowns. This is one reason to use ads manager. You can break it down by placement to see Mm -hmm. how each placement is performing. Again, it's not that a placement isn't leading to your desired action. That should be a problem. The -hmm. problem would be if for whatever reason, the algorithm's sending a high percentage of your budget to that placement that's not performing. That's when it's an issue. So then it's like, okay, well, that's not, I don't want that to happen. So then you remove a placement, but that's usually not going to be the case because that's just the algorithm is pretty smart these days. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, it's just, that is, I, I was going to say, Philip, that's really interesting. Cause you know, mm. you know, we're all kind of thinking what's the best strategy um, to do. And it's, as you say, is 
give yourself the more the more options the better you know mm-hmm. don't feel you know you you should be removing certain things and then go oh mm-hmm. maybe you know just keep it you know tick all the boxes and and that could be a way forward for you to be seen on places that you wouldn't normally be seen Right. Yeah, yeah. Look, it it's it's an approach that I've been slow to come around to as well because I was mm-hmm. skeptical and I was the person who either se- selected specific placements and also, like I said, just hyper targeted, mm-hmm. micro targeted, um, because I I felt like I did a better job than trusting the algorithm. But I think that's changed, mm-hmm. and so the algorithm is smarter and faster than we are. Now there are a couple of weaknesses that I said, you know, we should watch out for, mm-hmm. but when it comes to targeting and when it comes to um, placements in mm. particular, I mean, those are things like, don't try to outsmart it. I mean, you could try, see what happens when you try to outsmart no, it no, no, compared to your own results. Right. <laughs> and yeah. the, the reality is I think you, you'll keep <laughs> seeing that the algorithm is usually going to be mo- more efficient than all the yeah. little changes that you tried to make. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's probably the same analogy when you look at, say, Google, you know, when you put in a search into Google, mm. it wants to give you back the best results for your search so that you stay on Google and you're not toddling over to Microsoft Bing or, or Bing or whatever. <laughs> it's probably the same with Facebook. You know, they mm. want to, you know, help your ads succeed so that you continue to pay Absolutely. And money. You know? and, and yeah, and they go, come back, we'll help you yeah. more. Which have made, I think... The reason why I wanted to ask the question is I think you've made a great point that I think listeners need to just kind of take a moment to remember is that, as you said in show one, when you look at your optimizing, what you're optimizing mm-hmm. for in your end goal, and maybe you're choosing a traffic ad, that you're very cognizant that Facebook will try and get you as much traffic as it can. But if you are trying to optimize for sales, but you're using traffic and you're selecting everywhere, Facebook is though is just trying to give you the optimum around traffic as opposed to mm-hmm. leads, et cetera. So I think that's just is such an important point. That's a is a real takeaway for me and I think for listeners. So uh, yeah. right. I think uh, it's a it's important to remember that oftentimes that not all traffic is created equal, mm-hmm. that paid traffic is not the same as organic traffic. Mm-hmm. Like some some someone who organically comes to your website either someone who's a repeat visitor or they were referred there and, or by a Google search or something Mm. that, and they're usually going to be very high quality in in most cases, as opposed to, you know, you have to remember the different ways that an ad can drive people there. Um, Whether it's accidental clicks and click fraud and and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are just things you have to watch out for that they're, you can get low quality um, as a result of that. Well, as you were saying, if they've come visited your website um, and they've gone, how do we look around? And they're thinking, "Mm, I need to do a course on short form video, right? Um, Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, Mm -hmm. When it comes to ads and retargeting, Mm -hmm. what's your top tip, so to speak, then? You know, because I know people are kind of getting a bit wary because, you know, pixel and making sure it's you know that it's embedded right and all that kind of stuff right so yeah look um i still do some retargeting Mm -hmm. um because you do retargeting ads i I do some yeah so like for like right now i've i do have this new training and 
I prefer, and this is this is also kind of a preference. Mm-hmm. I prefer that the the people who sign up for my training are those people who already know who I am. And it's not just people who just stumbled on my stuff. Mm-hmm. So they know what they're getting as opposed to, you know, what are they getting, John? <laughs> well, in terms of like my coaching style and whatnot. Right. So, right, okay. um, and so someone who's been to my website, who's watched my videos, has read my blog posts, as opposed to mm-hmm. someone who just, you know, randomly finds, you whatever. Randomly yeah. finds mm-hmm. me. I'd, yeah. I'd honestly rather they just consume my content for a while first. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so there's, there's some of that remarketing. I'm also doing something that's a little bit like what I used to do way back in the day. But during my journey with short form video, I quickly realized how powerful short form video was because of that emotional connection you make with people. Mm. So that got me thinking, it's like, well, these people who are watching these videos are really important. How can I leverage that? So I've started creating audiences of people who watched my short form videos mm-hmm. to completion and remarketing to them specifically and using a reach campaign in these cases, because these, these are small audiences mm-hmm. um, to either get them to sign up for my, my training, or honestly, sometimes it's just a fun, like, Hey, telling them what I'm doing. Like mm-hmm. I, I have this theory that people who watch these videos are super engaged. Is it true? Are you my people is what, what one of these ads mm-hmm. says. Yeah. And they are, and it's, it's just, it affirms, you know, what I thought. So um, that's a little bit of the re- remarketing I do. But once again, the issue with remarketing, there are a couple of things here. The issue with remarketing is if you're optimizing for a conversion, by default, it goes broad. But the other thing is I, I'm starting to see um, as I've experimented more and more with going 100% broad without targeting. Mm-hmm. And if you're optimizing for a conversion, the place it starts to get your conversions seems to be people who visit your website. Mm. Right. And which, which is kind of makes sense. It it makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, that's not at all the way it used to work. Mm. Right. So like you would never trust the Facebook ads algorithm a few years ago with zero targeting and expect the ads to be shown to people who were most engaged with you. Mm -hmm. That's why we had to, to use remarketing. Yeah. And so more and more, so like I, I did this experiment with quality traffic, right? So where I was optimizing for link clicks, landing page views, and one that was optimizing for that quality traffic custom event. And that custom event just does really, really well. Mm-hmm. So why is that? So like the, my, my test right now is like, okay, what if I have one ad set that's completely broad, optimizing for the custom event traffic or the quality traffic custom event? One's completely broad, but excluding my website visitors, that mm-hmm. should help us understand how much remarketing it's actually doing, even though we're not telling it to remark. I know this is kind of rabbit hole brain crazy stuff, but <laughs> um, but more and more I am realizing that the out the algorithms it, it needs something to determine how it's going to get you these results. And if you're optimizing for an action that happens on your website with this event, it's logically going to start with the group of people who have been there before. Um, so and you're actually, they're like, they're, they're already warmed up, you know? Right. So um, it doesn't mean you don't need to do any remarketing anymore, but there's certainly an argument to be made that if, especially if you have decent budgets, honestly, Mm-hmm. Um, just going broad, you're going to be reaching, like, especially if you're doing general remarketing. What I mean by general re- remarketing is like, 
in the past, you had a new blog post, uh, you had this, you know, new lead or whatever. You're like, oh, mm -hmm. who should I go after? Who's most likely to do this thing? Mm -hmm. You would start with people who've been to your website, who have engaged your Facebook page, who've maybe on your email list or whatever, just because they're most likely. The, the copy creative, it isn't catered to people who have any special engagement with you. It's just that you're trying to get, make it most likely to get the action that you want. Mm -hmm. When you're doing that type of ad, I'm starting to think more and more that just going broad, or at least trying it, just going broad, because it will still go after those people anyway um, mm -hmm. within your audience. I think it could still come. I think exactly as you were saying, John, I think there's so many now just kind of, I suppose, testing to a certain extent, you know, like you're yes. continually testing, you know, yeah. trying different things, different types of retargeting, you know, retargeting on scroll depth or retargeting on video views. Um, so I think, I think the key takeaway I've always taken with social and particularly listening to you on the ad side is that nothing stays static. I mm. think you have to be constantly evolving and testing. You, you can't just create an ad, right? That's the format. That's the winning right. formula because it's going to change. And speaking of change, and this is something that you've done brilliantly on your TikToks, because I've seen you, you've done numerous videos on some of the experiments um, when it comes to AI and chat GPT, mm -hmm. et cetera. Mm -hmm. And it'd be great if you just maybe tell us about some of the things that you've done where you've gone into chat GPT to get it to, I think you've done some where you've asked it to kind of create like ad campaigns or a, a structure for a Facebook ad campaign around a particular objective, et cetera. And it's been quite amazing seeing some of the, what it's spit out and how, how do you see AI helping Facebook advertisers, I suppose? First of all, AI, if you're not overwhelmed, I don't want to tell you. because it's, Oh, here we were talking about it earlier. <laughs> we are. Yes, we, we've yeah. come across the website you don't want to go to see. <laughs> oh. Well, it's just, it's, it's funny because just being on LinkedIn, I don't know how often you're, I think you're both on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's like my contacts, the people who I'm connected with are all just like, for the most part, like general marketers and some Facebook mm -hmm. advertisers. Mm -hmm. But now you would think that they're all AI experts because it's like everything yeah. is AI, ChatGPT. And like, I get it. Like it's, it's. We can't. It's a new kid on the block at the minute, you know. So, but it's also overwhelming as far as you know. Mm. It's changing so fast. Who there aren't any true experts. I mean, there's certainly some people you should trust more than others. Everybody's mm. got an AI product now. Yeah. Mm. It's just a lot. Um, but that said, uh, yeah. So I've, I've experimented with it a little bit. I mean, one thing was I asked it to, you know, I gave it some background, right? So mm -hmm. this is the product I'm looking to promote. This is, you know, some of the benefits of that product. Mm -hmm. uh, here's my target audience that, you know, my ideal customer, what they look like. Mm. Craft a, a, a uh, Facebook ad strategy that includes things like optimization and targeting and mm. the ad copy creative, copy creative, all that stuff mm -hmm. uh, for me. And it does. It, it provides really good kind of starting point. But I think where a lot of people stop is they assume, oh, that's not a very good, like you would never use that. Well, you can also counter prompt it. So an example was someone told me, someone responded uh, that uh, carousel ads, like carousel ads don't work anymore. And they, they told you to do carousel ads. I was like, okay. I told it. It's like, okay, I don't want to do a carousel ad. I want to do a video ad. 
put together a video script of what mm-hmm. this could look like. And it did. And again, it's like, it's, this is a refinement. It's a mm-hmm. counter prompting. It's, uh, it's almost like having someone else in the room to, to bounce yeah. ideas off of. I think the way I see it, at least right now, and this is evolving quickly because some of this is, is pretty amazing when it comes to AI generated videos and or images, mm-hmm. images in particular, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's really just a, a way to generate ideas. Yeah. So actually, yeah, because you know, like we all kind of get to a point where we go, we've hit the wall. Right. We don't know what next to do. You can go and answer the public and look for questions. But you're kind of going, mm, that's not. When I need something more. So it can help right. you yeah. boost yeah. that sort of thought process. Gonna- yeah, there. Yeah, there are a couple of other ways I use it. So one. Um, I was put together, putting together my training for my short form video stuff. Yeah. It's like, okay, these are, I think like 10 or 11 lessons mm-hmm. that I'm looking, I have so far. Mm-hmm. Um, again, explained what this training was going to be about and who is who it's going to be for. Mm-hmm. Generate 20 more ideas for lessons. Mm-hmm. And it did. And it's like, it's, it's not like I just automatically take them all. I'm like, oh yeah, these are five more. That looks really good. Mm-hmm. Here's my updated list. Provide 20 more. And mm-hmm. it's just really helpful because it's immediate uh, for doing that. So that that's another thing that was really helpful. Another was like, um, I was on a, a client call where they had a very specific problem. I think it was related to like Shopify and mm-hmm. the Pixel or something like that. And you can Google search problems and then get a whole list of links and things and possible explanations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I used ChatGPT and I was like, explain the problem. And, and it's like, you know, how do I, you know, what, what is this caused by? Best, what, yeah. what should I look for? Mm-hmm. And it gave us really clear, like, we have to be very careful that it's not always facts. No. It's not always true. But the, the answer it gave me was very detailed and, and count, you know, countered it. You know, again, like when, when it, mm. it kind of misunderstood some things and it gave us the solution we were looking for and it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's stuff like that. It's it's super powerful. I do think it's funny because I have a, a video that I'm about to put out today. It's about my experiences with Google Bard. Oh, yeah. I yeah. I, 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 I think that's just been totally rushed. Like, again, yeah. you have to you have to watch for the the AI just lying and just being full of crap. Uh, mm-hmm. so like on one hand, it was super cool because I was like, Hey, I'm looking to, um, get, uh, to, to learn more about Facebook advertising to help promote my business. What are some resources mm-hmm. I've used or some people I should follow? Mm-hmm. And it included a list with, with me at the top, which was super cool, yeah. except, and it was part of it is like, yeah, he's been doing this for over 10 years. Accurate. And he wrote the book, the Facebook ads Bible. I was like, I have not even written a book. Definitely not the Facebook ads Bible, but no one would know that. There's a title um, for your new book, John. I guess so. I, I swear somebody has written that. You could though. become That's a so- superhero of Facebook yeah. ads. It John sounds familiar, like from, from years ago, though. I think yeah. someone did write that. Right. Uh, it was not me. Um, but, uh, and then beyond that, okay, then I countered it. I was like, oh, well, because there were no links or anything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, you, you recommended John Loomer. Tell me more about him. And then it was like, I'm a large language language model i can't do that like mm-hmm. you right. just recommended them i was like okay well tell tell me what where, where can i find it where's his website i can't do that <laughs> right 
And so I was like, okay, well, you just provided a bunch of information. Where did you get that information? I can't mm-hmm. tell you that. It, it's like, it was so not helpful. Right. Um, now that, I know, that look, sounds like, that sounds like Philip. On certain <laughs> <words>. <laughs> I cannot see that. <laughs> I'm not helpful. No. <laughs> yeah. But look, it, yeah. so on one hand, it's super frustrating uh, and also concerning because as a, as a user and as a content marketer, the fact that mm-hmm. it, it recommended me it was great, but there's no way, like it's worse than a Google search at this point because it wasn't even providing links or anything. Yeah. Mm. Like if they just typed in the Google search, they would get those answers. Yeah. Like where my website is and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was really weird. Um, I think, right. but, I think they're, they're rushed it, John. So yeah, they rushed, they rushed it. But the, you know, the bottom line is there though. It's like, I don't want people to say, oh yeah, so don't, it's, this is all a bunch of crap. Don't use mm. it. It's very, very early and it is rushed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so it's going to get better. But it's going to be interesting to see how all that evolves, certainly. So um, keeping on the, the future, what do you see, um, apart from AI, regarding helping you with maybe even crafting your Facebook captions for your ads? Maybe that's a, a maybe an easier way to go. What kind of sort of trends and uh, exciting things do you see coming down the tracks for people wanting to, will I take the venture into Facebook ads? What would you say? In terms of Facebook ads, are we, are we still thinking AI? Do you say, as well? Are you saying no? Well, I don't know. I mean, would, would you say the same thing? Well, like, I, I do. Th- I, th- I think it's related. Like, I think, um, for example, chatbots um, using AI with Facebook yeah. ads um, could be really powerful. Mm. That you know, you can although you're not going to be frustrated and, with chatbots, you know, when you go in and the, <laughs> the new, I'm talking question. about the. the <laughs> The new, the new uh, chat chatbots. They're powered by GPT four as opposed to whatever Google yeah. Bard is powered yeah. by. That's it's not yeah. working. Um, could be super powerful. Like if you can teach it with the content from your website, mm-hmm. so you wouldn't really, really like whoever you use for support. You could then dedicate them to do other things because then the chatbot could largely handle that stuff mm-hmm. once it's super uh, accurate. Obviously, so I think that's one thing. But uh, as Personally, my biggest challenge with ads is creative, like yeah. images and stuff. Just going to say that, yeah. Mm. yeah. Because um, like I would use Canva a lot, and they've done a huge amount of sort of yeah. With, their, yeah. with their magic right and stuff. So maybe that is an element that might change, possibly, you know, kind of AI implementation within the Facebook ad creation part of ads. Yeah. Oh, actually, I, yeah, that sounds likely. I, I yeah. think that that does make sense, mm. uh, but that's going to get better. But yeah. I think the thing that everyone has to understand, like for a lot of these things, um, whether it's your your Facebook ads and uh, how AI mm-hmm. can make it easier, all it does though is really it raises the bar. So mm-hmm. now everybody can create these really nice looking images, and yeah. it, let, let's say that for argument's sake that you could use AI generated um, copy for your ads for your website, and it's impeccable and perfect and great mm-hmm. and anybody could do it well mm-hmm. then what's separating you from everybody else everybody else yeah exactly and there's still got to be some sort of different differentiator mm-hmm. um so that's like whenever i hear people talk about it's it's going to cost people jobs and this and that like mm-hmm. well if everyone is capable of doing the same thing you still need an expert who's able to make you better than everyone else it just raises the bar and makes it more yeah. challenging mm-hmm. well there's only one john loomer that's all exactly for now. I actually know. Actually, I, I got. An, I, I got a message. Say AI, AI video, and we, you know, so I, I got a, I got a message the other day. Is like, are you the John Loomer we met at the bar in Arizona? Like, no. <laughs> yeah. 
but I wrote the Bible to Facebook. Yes, yeah, apparently, apparently. Wait, um, was he wearing a baseball hat? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's hard to believe, um, Emer and John, but we have mm. we've come to the end of part. Uh, John, will you come back? Because you know, I know this is going to ever evolve, and uh, yeah. there's always like we didn't even hit about mist- mistakes that people do with Facebook ads. Uh, people don't make mistakes, so. Oh, okay, okay, we'll okay. Maybe you'll we'll do a video on that. Yeah, go <laughs> to Jam's website. Loads of content <sighs> there. And speaking, um. Best place probably is it your website, John Loomer Digital? Yeah, johnloomer.com is a really good yeah, place yeah. to start. Yeah, yeah. And otherwise, I'm pretty easy to find on any social network. Yeah. Um, it's usually at John Loomer. Um, I do have a podcast, uh, which a lot a lot of the short episodes are actually repurposing of the vi- mm-hmm. some a lot of the videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's the podcast with John Loomer. And we have an occasional awesome. long episode, too. Excellent. Cool. Well, uh, we'll we'll tag you as I say um, when we're yeah. going out air uh, on Dublin South FM when we fill up yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, on YouTube and on uh, Spotify podcast Podbeam. It is Friday, isn't it? Um, um, and all the other platforms. Where you get your yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and certainly, if you want to see us talking to John, do head over mm-hmm. to the Let's Get Social Show YouTube channel. Subscribe, hit the bell for the notifications, and sure, leave us a comment. Let us know how we are doing. Any questions on this show? We can pass them on to John, and he can. Yes, John, can we do that? (laughs) Of course, of course. (laughs) And uh, if you have any uh, emails you want to send us, send them into inquiries at dublinsouthfm.ie. So, Philip, hmm. John, John, it's been a pleasure. Come back next week, will you? (laughs) Yeah, come back for part. We'll we'll do a 25 part. Part 77. (laughs) Sure, sure. uh, Thanks thanks so much for having me. No, it's been been great. Thanks so much for for coming on and giving us all your brilliant insights. Yeah. So, guys, uh, do tune in uh, for our next show next week. And listen, do follow John, follow us, and we'll see you for the next show. Thanks a million. Take care. Bye bye.